He had a lot of successes, decided to go out on his own in 2011, uh, went to about 400 grand in ARR before going out and doing their first $1.5 million round. Again, helping enterprises manage their sales content, their sales communications, really starting on mobile, which gave them a great beachhead in the space. He since scaled to 1,000 customers, paying on average 30,000 ACV, so doing about 30 million in ARR right now. That's up from about 20 million in ARR just 13 months ago, so healthy growth there, 70% year-over-year growth. 130% net revenue retention year-over-year, about 5 to 6% gross revenue churn, so healthy expansion there. CAC to LTV, super healthy. Ratio of four, getting paid back in less than two years. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everybody. My guest today is PJ Broughton. He is the CEO and founder of a company called Showpad. It's the second company he's founded. In 2010, he co-founded the mobile development agency In The Pocket and still serves on its board. Prior to In The Pocket, he held senior roles at NetLog and Accenture and holds master's degrees in both communication sciences and international business. PJ, are you ready to take us to the top? Yes, let's go for it. All right, good. Tell us about Showpad. What do you, what's it doing? Uh, how do you make money? Showpad, we're a sales enablement uh, platform. We're focused on, first of all, making sure marketing uh, understands how to influence the sales cycle. So it's about and uh, making sure that they can um, equip sales with the latest materials, make sure salespeople uh, can deliver great presentations, have more value-added conversations, and that they understand how that's driving revenue. And then for salespeople, we're, we're making sales teams more productive. So it's uh, reducing... Uh, admin time, increasing selling time, making them more relevant, make sure that they can actually deliver the very best buyer experience. Uh, we're focused on B2B, a thousand customers in about 50 countries. Okay, those, and, are, and those are paying, right? Not free? Paying customers, okay. yes. Got it. And j- just to be clear, so this, we should think about this like, you know, we all have this problem. We have like 10,000 PowerPoints created over, you know, two, three years in the beginning of a company. And we never know where we store them or what worked in terms of closing a sale or whatnot. And when we need them today, we don't know where to find them. That's like one big use case for your platform, right? That's a, that's a big use case. I mean, from, from SMBs to big enterprise companies, the same is happening everywhere. Salespeople are downloading content. They're changing slides. They store it on their hard drives. You have Box, you have SharePoint, you have other you know, shared drives, and it's just a big, big mess. And Showpad, we want to be the single source of truth for salespeople, uh, making it easier for marketing to create what we call buyer experiences. So think about um, from simple folder file structures in, in, in a branded environment to easily find the content to really guided selling, highly interactive ways of presenting materials, sharing materials, asking questions to the customer, and then getting to that right piece of content. And we want to do that wherever a salesperson needs to get the job done. So um, we have customers who have big inside sales teams 
um, and who mainly do their work behind the laptop or in Salesforce or in the CRM system. So we have integrations with Salesforce and Gmail plugins and Outlook plugins. So, so PJ, give me, I want to get more of your backstory here because you have some history, yeah. which is great. Um, give me just quick a, a quick sense of average customers paying you what per month? Uh, our, our ACV right now is, uh, is about uh, 30K. So $30,000 a year. Yeah, we work with annual contracts. It's paid up front. So that's about 2,500 bucks a month. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. And, and how are you getting that number? Because on your pricing page, it's 35 per user per month, 45. Are you selling just big seat deals to enterprises? Big seat deals to enterprise. Our biggest customer is a 1 million. Uh, yeah. We have now three customers who are over a million per year. We have a couple of customers in the 500K, 600K range per year. Um, so it, it's, and then we have smaller mid sized companies with maybe, you know, who pay us. 10, 20K a year. Yeah, so. yeah, Well, I mean, with, with a thousand people at the average ACV you just told me, I mean, you're well north of, call it, well, you're doing about two and a half million bucks a month and about 30, 30 million in ARR, correct? Yeah, 30 million in ARR. Yep. Yeah, we crossed that mark uh, end of the year. That, congratulations, that's exciting. What does growth look like? If you go back 13 months, what were you at? Uh, we've, we've grown the business about 70, 75% year okay. over year. So you were about 20 million 13 months ago, ARR run rate. Yeah, something like that. Maybe even yeah, yeah, something like that. That's good. Okay, well, that, that's great. Let's let's dig into kind of how you've driven the success. So take us back to year one. When did you launch the company? We launched the company two thousand eleven uh, on the back of fir- the, the first company I founded uh, was called In the Pocket. You mentioned it in your introduction. Service business. Um, I founded a company together with Louis, uh, my co-founder, and we had a uh, so app developer, service business, we had companies coming to us with various requests. At that time, again, it's 2010, iPhone was just, you know, I think three years out, something like that. iPad was just launched or about to launch. And so a lot of companies came to us like, hey, we want to get our content on mobile devices, or we want to have products and services optimized for these devices, or please develop us an application. And so we had a company come to us, say, hey, we have a sales team, we, we have a big trade show. We want to stop using paper. Can you develop us an application to make them present materials on a boot and easily share it with the customer? And as we started looking into that problem and how how yeah that company used um, content and what the challenges were, we actually discovered like, hey, this is like it's not you know it's not just a problem for this company. Like there's many companies that create a ton of content that have that are struggling with equipping reps with relevant yeah. pieces of material. Yeah, PJ. So that makes total sense. But I want to. I mean, tell me more about the growth. Though. There's a lot of companies in this space. You know, one that comes yeah. to my head immediately that we had on recently is Slidebean. But they're nowhere near your size. I mean, I mean, you're, you're from all the people I've interviewed where they've given me AR numbers. You're way ahead of these guys. Why is it just who you're selling to? Uh, no, it's it's a great it starts with a great product. First of all, so I think we've we've delivered something that time to value is clear. Um, we 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 solve a true problem for both marketing and sales. So it's not only sales focused or marketing focused. It makes it a bit harder to sell, but your deal size is from the start. From the first week, we had bigger customers approach us. Can you be specific uh, though? Give me like name one feature that these bigger customers appreciate that, these, that other competitors haven't developed. Uh, I mean, uh, there's. I, I think the first, the very first feature back in the day, I'm now talking uh, seven years ago, uh, was the fact that Showpad was a fully branded environment. You could really, you could basically create your own application. Uh, at that time, if you wanted to have your own app on your on your 
mobile device or iPad, you had to go to the app store and the whole submission and companies were creating their own apps. But Showpad, you could, through an, um, through an interface, a web interface, marketing could create um, their own buyer experience at that time already, backgrounds, own logo, create this really um, yeah, interactive environment for sellers to sell. And it was something at that time, it sounds simple, but nobody had it. And it was quite, it was quite hard back in the day. Remember, the first applications would constantly crash on your phone uh, and on your iPad. And we're talking here B2B enterprise. We're selling to bigger companies. They don't want to equip their sales team with something. And at that time, we were mobile focused. Now, today, we're a bigger platform and, and we do more. But at that time, the fact that we had a enterprise-grade application, which was super stable, super snappy, simple interface. It had all the content, branded environment. It's not, it wasn't like that we had one magic feature that really triggered um, those customers to buy it. It was the fact that Yeah, I mean, PJ, just to be clear, there's not never a silver bullet, but you made incremental changes, 2% changes over time that have added up. I'm trying to identify some of those early 2% changes. What I'm hearing is your, your hyper-focus on mobile early on was a big differentiator, yep. Uh, yep. and that was really the start. Yeah, for sure. That was definitely yeah, a very big difference. So today, area. in terms of getting new customers, if I asked you, like, what distribution channel are you dominating? Are you in any kind of Salesforce app exchanges or any kind of channels where you're really killing it? Uh, we're in the app exchange. Um, I mean, it, it's it's not it's not from an acquisition point of view. It's not our main focus. Our, our biggest channel is just direct sales. We do all of our sales is directly. We we don't have resellers. We don't have. We are in the Salesforce ecosystem. Um, we are in, in the box ecosystem. We are in several, I mean, we integrate with a ton of content management solutions. We integrate with, uh, Salesforce on the CRM side. We're launching our Marketo integration soon and, and also going to go into marketing automation. But, 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 but these aren't driving you new customers. You're just no, doing it for integration's sake. Yeah. yeah. We're doing it for integration sales. The, the, our main channel is just direct marketing, um, and, and, you know, acquiring customers to our own marketing and our own outbound efforts. Many of you use email marketing to grow and build your businesses, but I've got a big question for you. Are you connecting your email marketing with other services and tools that you use to build your business like Salesforce and Google Analytics? If not, you've got to check out Emma. You'll have everything you need to connect your data, build your audience, and do your most successful email marketing campaign ever. Lots of folks are using Emma because their easy-to-use platform makes advanced functionality accessible to everyone on your team, from your intern to your CEO. No technical skills are required to send these campaigns. Most importantly, I know we all hit snags along the road when we use new tools. They've got an award-winning support team. The support team helps with your strategy, design, list migration, which is important if you're moving from somebody else, and much more. So put the power of email experts behind your marketing. Request a customized demo of Emma's email marketing platform today at myemma.com. Again, that's myemma.com. So, so tell me more about the outbound. Let's break down the team today and how many of them are focused on outbound. Uh, we have a, so Showpad has a, we have a, an office in, we have an office in Ghent, 150 people here. Then we have an office in, uh, which San country Francisco. is PJ, which, which country is that? Ghent? Uh, Ghent, Belgium. Sorry. Got it. Yeah. Uh, Ghent, Belgium. That's where I'm actually uh, calling you from today. Uh, so Showpad was founded here, Ghent, Belgium, 150 people here. We have uh, 50 people in San Francisco, about 30 people in Portland, 
20 people in Chicago, that's growing, and then 20, 30 people in London. So, so 280 uh, total, something like that? Yeah, something like that, north of 250, um, growing quite fast. And then, um, so on the outbound side, we have, here in Ghent, we have about 15 SDRs, um, or, or BDRs, business development reps, uh, people who do outbound efforts. Their main, main focus is on bigger enterprise um, companies, so Shopify has a we go to market in a mid-market and enterprise way. Um, and so our BDRs here in Ghent target enterprise companies in the, in the EMEA region. Uh, we have... Where are you getting uh, the leads from, by the way? Are they inbound leads or cold, they're cold emailing? It's, it's a, it's a, we, we, don't, we typically uh, don't do cold e- emailing anymore. We've done it in the past. We, we've seen it's not highly effective. Um, so it's uh, a lot of inbound that we nurture. Um, and then based on certain activity levels, um, we're going to have a more proactive approach in terms of uh, getting in touch, getting in touch with them over the phone, or trying to get them to one of our webinars or events, yep. for example. So, of, of that, the 280 people, how many are dedicated to sales? Um, I, so, we have about um, 35 AEs, or you know, from upsell to new business to so quota carrying people, and then we're going to have about um, 30. Um, you know, probably 30 uh, SDRs or BDRs um, across both continents. Uh, how, real quick, diving into a lot of a lot of folks that are in the 15 to 20 million range that are listening to the show are starting to really scale their sales. It sounds like yeah. you've come up with a formula. You kind of understand how it works because you're on your you have 35 quota carrying reps. Um, yeah. What? Are, first off, are they all in the same quota, or is it different depending on how long they've been there? It's a different, uh, obviously there's a ramp and the ramp uh, will be different from mid-market to uh, enterprise. And for us, uh, the the ramp for a typical mid-market person will be, it will be close to six months before a mid-market is fully productive. For an enterprise, it will be closer to a year before you're on full quota. What Um, is full quota for both those those segments? uh, Full quota for a shop at an enterprise will be uh, around a million uh, for enterprise sales and will be around 600K for mid-market. So just to be clear, an enterprise salesperson at shop is expected at quota after a year to be hitting about a million new bucks in ARR and they're closing that over the course of 12 months. Yes. Interesting. Exactly. Interesting. That's great. How, how did you, did you kind of nail that right off the spot or did it take you some editing to figure out ramp up periods and how many leads to give them and how many SDRs per AE? I would say it, it, it took a lot of uh, going back and forth. And actually, to be honest, we're, you're still in, in many ways, I think as a sales organization, you're always going... You're not making massive changes, but you're you're always. I think you always need to be focused on fine tuning the engine mm-hmm. and seeing what works and what doesn't work. And we've made some. For example, we've made some changes in terms of um, what is the what is the cutoff point for mid market and enterprise. In the past, what, what Shopat has mid market, so that's zero to two thousand uh, employees. Then enterprise is two thousand and beyond. But then we also have a global enterprise account team, and and those are like. Four people focused on um, the really, um, yeah, those are named accounts. Between the four of them, they have about a, I would say, a, about a hundred, probably you know, hundred hundred accounts that we're focused on, on um, either uh, closing or expanding. And and so depending on obviously, and that then trickles down to how you market, how the BDRs work. Um, so when how, you look at like your fully weighted CAC, I know you have co- probably different cohort CACs, but. On average, yes. I mean, what are you spending on CAC on these guys? Uh, or, or race, uh, 
I don't know the exact numbers in terms of like, you know, spend in, in, in the segments. I don't have them here, but or, you know, what is it? CAC over um, um, or, or um, LTV over CSC is about four ratio okay. of four. And what do you assume uh, lifetime value is? Uh, our lifetime value, we, we calculated based upon our uh, gross retention, which is in the single digit churn. So um, that's single digit annually. And is it revenue or logo? It's a single digit annually. And that's revenue. Okay, um, that's good. So, yeah, yeah, and, and and net retention is 130 percent, or was 130 percent in that last year. So basically, means we're we're upselling uh, we're upselling our existing customer base uh, like uh, like crazy, and that's yeah, that's a combination of product innovation and then obviously getting better at selling it. Yeah. Uh, so just to be clear, if you're low single digits in terms of revenue churn annually, that you know, let's call it you're churning 5% of your revenue annually. What you're saying is yeah. you're expanding revenue almost 35%. 5% makes up the loss and then there's 30% on top of that to get your net revenue growth. Yeah. yeah. Fascinating. Interesting. Okay, so so <clears throat> your your CAC TV, you have a nice ratio there of 4 um, with that kind of revenue churn. I mean, you must assume that these guys are wor- worth at least 4 years of revenue to you, right? Call it like at least 120. Yeah, yeah our, our LTV is, a, is is actually now around the 200k mark. Yeah. Uh, so Yep, yep. So with a 4 ratio there, you're willing to spend up to five, 50 grand to acquire these guys fully weighted. Yeah. Yeah, yep. for sure. And then yeah. how do you do you do you look at payback period a lot in terms of how quickly you get your um, money back or not? Yeah, we look at it. I mean, now now it's uh, you know, it's 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 depending on the I mean, average across Shopad it's about it's close to 2 years, so it's in the one and a half to 2 year range. I think if if you would break it down, you would see differences. Obviously, I think with enterprise, you you can just you afford a longer payback because churn is even lower in that segment and yep. lifetime value is way bigger. And so we're now, I feel around the, this, the maturity that Shopad is right now, if you would talk to my marketing leader, a sales leader, or, or for example, a Jason or COO, we're starting to like really be more focused on those um, metrics as I feel we've looked at them over the last years, but I feel at this stage is the first time that you can you know, since I think 2016 and 17 were the first two years that we, you need to have, you need to build up the data. You need to have enough sure. revenue to have enough customers. Yeah, but you have plenty they- of time though. I mean, I know people that have only been around two or three years that, that are raising huge amounts of money on two years of data. You've got seven years of data. So, yeah. okay. And, and are you bootstrapped or have you raised capital? Uh, we raised capital. How, how um, much? About 90, 90 million. Okay. Uh, so and w- when was the first round? Uh, first round was 2013. So the first two years, we bootstrapped the business. We self funded it. We got to 400k, four or 500k in uh, ARR uh, before we raised our first round. Which was for um, how much? Which was uh, we raised one and a half million uh, euros. You went to the dark side, PJ. Yes, yes. <laughs> and when was choice. and when was the last round? And what was the size? Uh, last round we did. Uh, we did a 25 million dollar round uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Oh, a couple uh, of weeks. Congratulations. Yep. Yeah, very so good. It was a, it was a kind of let's see it as a uh, we raised fifty million in two thousand sixteen, which is a pretty big round, and then uh, yeah, about yeah end of last year we got a lot of interest from several VCs who were not yet in the company. They were putting out term sheets. We actually didn't need the money, but we we then decided, hey, you know what? If there's this interest and we can raise money at good terms, uh, our existing investor was willing to put in additional cash. Because yep. PJ, sometimes people the- assume a round where you raise less than the previous round is a negative thing. They assume that's a, it's a negative yeah. signal. What you're saying is, no, it wasn't negative. We just had extra interest. Was that, that was not a down round, right? That was a higher valuation than the 50 no. million? 
it was double the valuation okay. that we got the year before. That's so. great. That's awesome. Okay, good stuff. Let's uh, let's wrap up here with the famous five number one. PJ, what's the last business book you read? Uh, last business book I read is uh, was it Give Less Fucks? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, so, Mark Manson. Uh, Mark Manson. Yeah, yeah this is the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Basically, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. I liked it. So it was it was, it was uh, chunkable and sizable. Number two, is there a uh, CEO that you follow or study? Um, Aaron Levy. I like what he's doing. Um, number three, is there a favorite besides your own? Is there a favorite online tool you have for building the business? Um, my favorite, I mean, my favorite actually tool for growing the business is WhatsApp. I'm constantly on WhatsApp, just on my computer and on my phone. (laughs) Number four, how many hours of sleep are you getting every night? Uh, I get about seven. Seven. Okay. That's good. And what's your situation? Married, single, you have kids? I'm married and I have two young kids. Oh, great. And how old are you, PJ? Uh, I'm uh, 36, 36. Last question. Take us back to your 20 year old self. What do you wish he knew? Um, that, yeah, sometimes you need a bit more patience in life. (laughs) There you guys have it from PJ. Be more patient. He had a lot of successes, decided to go out on his own in 2011, uh, went to about 400 grand in ARR before going out and doing their first $1.5 million round. Again, helping enterprises, manage their sales content, their sales communications, really starting on mobile, which gave them a great beachhead in the space. He's since scaled to 1,000 customers, paying on average 30,000 ACV, so doing about 30 million in AR right now. That's up from about 20 million in AR just 13 months ago, so healthy growth there, 70% year-over-year growth, 130% net revenue retention year-over-year, about 5 to 6% gross revenue churn, so healthy expansion there. CAC to LTV, super healthy, ratio of four, getting paid back in less than two years, scaling fast. PJ, thanks for taking us to the top. All right. You're welcome.